Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to... Hey, this message is from our midweek service with Pastor Isaac Roman in the message he's entitled, The Comeback with Others. It goes along with our series, The Comeback. Also, if you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, be sure to follow us at PC Paramount. Also, be sure to check out our website at praiseshopwithparamount.com. It has tons of information and resources. Enjoy this message. What a powerful name it is. My goodness. It's good to be here tonight. It's good to be with each and every one of you. Uh, How many of you feel the presence of the Lord in the house? We appreciate so much uh, what our worship leader, uh, uh, what our worship leader does in stewarding uh, really the gift that God has given him in praise and worship and uh, uh, doing what... Doing what he's doing in the secret place and and then coming and bringing that gift and blessing us. It's all about service. I'll say that one more time. It's all about service. And so, uh, Omar, our worship team, uh, we appreciate you guys so much in leading us in, in, in really throne room, throne room worship. Is, uh, is, what I, is what I call that. Um, but it's just good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm excited about the message that God has given me. I'm telling you, uh, God deposited this message in me, uh, really this, this thought or this concept, a couple of weeks ago when we were, uh, when we were talking about the comeback. And uh, I just I, I, uh, didn't know necessarily when God was going to allow me uh, to share what he put on my heart, uh, but it's all in God's timing. And uh, I believe that God has, has really set aside this time uh, for this specific reason. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, you're, you're not here by accident. Why don't you turn to someone and let them know you're not here by accident. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, we need each other. I need you, you need me, we need each other. And I, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, the comeback. And uh, we've been talking about, Pastor Omar's been uh, really ministering such a great message in this theme on the comeback. And, and this, is what we, this is what we've learned so far, is that, uh, is that our setbacks are setting us up for a great comeback. And so your setbacks in your life are setting you up for a great comeback. And we all understand that it's nothing in ourselves. It's not our own ingenuity. It's not uh, your personality or your talent or anything like that, but it is the power of God and allowing the power of God to move through each and every one of us. And so that's what I'm going to be ministering on uh, tonight uh, and, and to, uh, to really illustrate uh, the point of us needing each other or needing others. I have a video that I'd like to share real quick so you guys could just roll that clip real fast. Turn that up. and then a jumper gave the Lakers a four-point lead. And now his assist to Shaquille O'Neal makes it a six-point difference with 41 and three-tenths seconds left. L.A. has outscored Portland. And so we all need somebody. And so when I look at this clip, I, I think about two alpha males, uh, is really what they called it, Shaq and Kobe. Uh, and and uh, it was two guys that thought that they could do it all on their own. And, uh, and, and this illustrates the fact that we all need somebody. 
We, we, need, we need someone to help us uh, to get to the prize. And I believe that God has put us in this house, each and every one of us, our brothers and our sisters, to help us, to help us move through and help us to really achieve all that God has for us. How many of us want to achieve all that God has for us? All right, some of you guys, we'll get there. We're going to get there tonight. All right. Uh, listen, th there's this saying that I that I picked up. It says it says this. It's an uh, it's an African proverb. Uh, but the concept I want you to hear the concept. It's 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 very very relevant. Uh, it says if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I'm here to tell you that we need each other. Why don't we pray right now? Let's ask God uh, just to give us uh, give us understanding tonight. So Father, I just thank you, Lord. And Father, we honor you tonight. We give you the highest place. Come on, church, begin to pray with me. We give you the highest place and the highest position. You have full authority in this house, God. We submit and surrender our own will and agenda to you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to articulate, Father, the message that you placed on my heart. God, give me the words, Father, to communicate to your people. Father, I pray even right now you'd begin to remove uh, distractions. You'd begin to remove, Father, even pride, God, that you begin to move the things, Lord, that would hinder your word to go, to go forward tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to pray, or I want to uh, share with you tonight uh, some keys to the kingdom. And I, I realized this, uh, I realized this in my later years, maybe if I would have figured this out earlier, life wouldn't have been so, so difficult for me. Uh, but I realized early in, uh, later on in my, in my life that I'm able to pick up concepts, like blocks of things, like principles. Uh, and so I'm not really great at like the letter of, uh, of a teaching or like reading through things and, and like understanding things that way or sitting through lectures and understanding things that way. I, I'm more of the kind of guy that I kind of catch concepts and I, 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 I kind of get the heart of, of something. So just give me the short version. I don't need the whole long version. Just give me the short version. And I, I, that's kind of how I pick up things. And, and uh, uh, that's just something that I've learned. And, and really, I, I've, I've realized this in the kingdom of God is that there's these keys, there's these concepts in which God moves in each and every one of us that we have to pick up. Now, we say this oftentimes in this church, and this, uh, some of you may cringe, some of you may, may not necessarily like this, but we say this all the time. We say that more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. And, uh, and so I, I want to share with you, really this is biblical, I want to share this with you at a Luke uh, 8.10. This is Jesus. He says, and he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Think about that. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. What is he talking about, these secrets of the kingdom of God? But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled, talking about uh, a, 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 a word from the prophet Isaiah, when they look, they won't really see, and when they hear, they won't understand. And so listen to this. Those secrets is what is what really what I want to talk about tonight, and really it's some keys that I want to give you uh, so that you're able to access the power of God, that you're able to access the kingdom of God. So say this with me. Say that. Uh, say, keys give me access. Okay, say it like you mean it this time. Keys give me access. All right. So uh, the, the word says in John 10, 10, it says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. So the thief wants to steal your joy, wants to steal your peace, wants to steal your identity. The, the thief wants to kill your destiny. And the thief wants to destroy your marriage, your children, and your home. 
The thief wants to kill, wants to still kill and destroy. But Jesus said that my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, talking about you and I. One other version says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so tonight I want to give you keys to access this, ab this abundant life. Now we understand that Jesus came and he died so that we would have eternal life. But why is he talking about this abundant life? I think this is a key. I think this is something that Jesus is trying to communicate to us. And I believe that God has given us the keys to access this, this abundant life. And so some of the keys, and uh, I'm, I'm going to give you like three or four. I'm sure your list is going to be way longer than mine. Uh, but bear with me. Have grace on me. You guys have grace on me tonight? I got a few keys that I want to share with you. I believe it's going to help you in your relationships. I believe that it's going to help you in your walk with God. And it's going to help you in figuring out what your destiny is. How many of us want to know what the purpose and plan and destiny of our lives are, are on this earth? Yes, yeah, some of us. All right, we're going to get there. So some of the keys are faith, right? Some of the keys to the kingdom are generosity. Some of the keys to the kingdom are, uh, uh, are prayer, and, and the list goes on and on. We understand those things. Uh, but, but my hope is to give you keys to access the abundant life here on earth. So the first, the first key, very elementary, the first key is that we have to have fellowship with Christ. Say fellowship with Christ. Another word for fellowship could be relationship. Say relationship with Christ. So this relationship or this Christian fellowship or the other word is kononia means having a share in something. Listen to this. Having a share in something or sharing with someone in something or we could say participation in something or with someone. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So just stay with me, please. So 1 Corinthians 10, 16, this is Paul teaching and he says, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ. And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And so in other words, what we're saying is when we drink the cup and we eat the bread, we share in the benefits of the slain body and shed blood of Jesus, and we have a share in what death achieved. Now, what, what did death achieve in Jesus's life? Eternal life. Forgiveness, redemption, reconciliation. We now participate in that because we have relationship and that relationship gives us access to what's been achieved. Everyone with me? Come on. So the second thing, 2 Corinthians 8, 4 says, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. And so in other words, they wanted to have a share in sending financial relief. They wanted to participate. They wanted to partner with this ministry so that they could be a part of what's going on. And so they, they, they wanted to have a share in sending financial relief to the poor in Jerusalem. Philippians 3.10 says this. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. How many of you want to experience the mighty power of Christ? Come on, the resurrecting power of Christ. He goes on to say, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. How many want to suffer, suffer with him? Not, not, not as many as wanted to experience the mighty power of Christ. Uh, so uh, in other words, what we're saying is that Paul wanted to have a share in the sufferings of Christ to participate with him in suffering for the gospel. Why is that? Why did he want to do that? Because he wanted to have relationship because relationship gave him access to the power of God. Listen to what I'm saying. So, so we're talking about fellowship and, and the first and primary thing is that we have to have fellowship with, with Christ. We have, a, have to have an intimate relationship with Christ. That relationship gives us access. 
The second thing that we have to have in our relationships, and a second key I believe that we have to have is fellowship with, with one another. And so listen, we, first we gotta get this right. We gotta get in right standing with Christ. We have, to, we have to have an intimate relationship with Christ. Once we have that right, now, this, now we gotta get this right. And we, we have to have relationship. We have to have intimate relationship with one another. We, I have to have a relationship with you. You have to have a relationship with me. And this is what happens. This is what begins to happen when we're able to make an impact on, on this earth for the kingdom of God. And so the second key to, to all of this is fellowship with one another. And so when we're talking about this, we're talking about fellowship sharing or participation that is unique to our relationship with other believers and we're referring to this in a shared union or the shared participa participation that we have together with Christ so one more time say this with me say fellowship gives me access say relationship gives me access so John Piper says this, he says that fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep eternal relationship with one another. What we say, well, this is how we say it around here, we say that we're in covenant relationship. And so for me, I'm in covenant relationship with my pastor. I'm in covenant relationship with my leaders. I'm in covenant relationship with my brothers and my sisters, and I honor those relationships. So listen, this is what the scripture commands you to do. So if you feel like you don't have to like people, that you're just serving God and, and uh, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to surrender, you don't have to submit one to another, all, the, all these different things, I'm gonna give you some scriptures to help you out there because I believe that God wants us to love each other. God wants us to have a relationship, strong bond, a covenant relationship within the family of God. And so the scripture commands us to be devoted to one another, to honor one another, to live in harmony with one another, to accept one another, to serve one another. I'm going to say that one more time. To serve one another, to be kind and compassionate to one another, to admonish one another, to encourage one another, to spur on another towards good deeds, towards love, to offer hospitality, and lastly, to love one another intimate covenant relationship right mutual honor now listen to this this may be a little controversial and if i need to be corrected my pastor will correct me but but listen both heaven and hell listen to this both heaven and hell need human participation to fulfill its will on this earth think about that both heaven and hell need human participation to fulfill its will on earth you know, so, some of you guys, some of you guys, I just lost you guys. Some of you guys just tightened up right there when I said that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit more context here. So we know this scripture, uh, we know this passage, and I'm gonna paraphrase because I have a lot and, 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 and I really wanna get to it, and I'm just laying a foundation. So I'm gonna paraphrase this, but Matthew 16, 19, 20, this is the story where, uh, where, where Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, who do you say that I am? We, we know this, it's been preached every, every which way. Uh, so uh, the, the, the disciples start to tell him, well, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're a prophet, you're, uh, you're John the Baptist, whatever it is. And then he says, well, who do you say that I am? And then Peter steps up and he says, you're the Christ. Christ, right? And so it goes on to say this. Once, once, once Peter makes that declaration, 
Jesus responds and tells him, okay, uh, yes, uh, 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 this has not been revealed to you by man, but by God only. And he goes on, and this is what I want to say, and, and this is what he says to Peter. He says that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll, I'm going to say that one more time. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Keys give us access. Keys give us access. And so I already gave you a couple of keys in fellowship and relationship and honor and loving, loving God first, loving other people equally. The next key is this, is, is that we have to understand kingdom culture. Say kingdom culture. All right, say that again. Kingdom culture. We have to understand kingdom culture. It says that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever we forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever we permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And so the, the next key to the kingdom is understanding kingdom culture. So, so listen, the king brings eternal life. Jesus brought eternal life, and what he accomplished for each and every one of us, he, he brings eternal life. And the principles of the kingdom or the principles that Jesus taught and embodied as he walked on this earth that unlocks the abundant life for here and now. I'm here to tell you that the abundant life is for right now, the natural life here on earth. The, the, the promise that Jesus gave us was for right now. And how do we do that? How do we access that? Because listen, many of you have received salvation. Yes, yes. But your life is still kind of messed up. You still have a little, you still have issues with in your marriage. You still have re relational issues. You still have, and so so listen to what I'm saying. That that yes, you are you are secure in your salvation. You have eternal life. Now the next thing is this: is that how do we access the abundant life right now? I want to give you keys to understand how we access the abundant life right now. It's a promise that's been given to you. We have to access it, and we have to understand kingdom culture. So many people know the King. Many of us know Jesus. We know Jesus uh, compassion. And, 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 and lover and forgive, uh, uh, forgiver and, and healer and all these different things. We know Jesus in that light. But many of us don't know his ways. We don't understand his principles, the kingdom principles, the kingdom culture. And so the kingdom is when I access the king's way. And I want to tell you how to access the king's way tonight. And so many have embraced the king. Many of us can embrace Jesus. We can embrace the story of salvation. It feels good. It makes me feel good. It brings value to my life. But the next thing that the evolution and really the maturity that we have to step into is understanding the king's ways. And so listen, this is something that set Moses apart in, from the children of Israel. We, we read in, uh, in Psalms 103.7, it says that he, God, revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people. His character to Moses and his deeds to people. And so the power of God was on demonstration for the, for the children of Israel. But he did not reveal his character to the children of Israel. It was, it was only for Moses. Why is that? Because Moses was a friend of God. Moses had a relationship with God, and so God trusted him, entrusted him with these keys and gave him relationship and gave him intimacy with, him, with himself. Another version says that he made known his ways to Moses. 
And so I, I, I want you to understand that there's a certain culture of things. There's a certain order in things and, and everything in this life. And this is the same for the kingdom. And so what is culture? Culture is whatever you do without thinking about it. Each and every one of us have a culture. You have a, you have a personal culture in your own, in your own dealings, in your own uh, relationships. Uh, we, we, have a, we, we, we have a specific culture in our homes. And, and we have a certain culture at your workplace. All of these things. Every, every place that you step into, every atmosphere, every environment that you step into has a culture and we have to understand these things and 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 we we have to get uh we have we have to get understanding in the culture of the kingdom and so the culture of the kingdom operates by faith generosity and prayer uh and once we get to a place of mastery we no longer have to think about those things it just becomes out of us it's just a well that just just flows from us and this is where we want to get. We want to, we want to get to a place of mastery in these things. Now listen, Psalms 115, 16 says this. It says, the heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. The heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. I'm talking about the abundant life. I'm talking about the natural life right here and right now. God has given you this natural life, this earth, to all humanity. And so I said this to you earlier. I said that both heaven and hell need participation from human, from you and I, in order to fulfill its worth, uh, to, to fulfill its, uh, its will here on earth. And so it doesn't, listen to this, it doesn't matter how much the enemy has strategized against you. Each and every one of us have a strategy from hell that's assigned to each and every one of us. It, that, that doesn't matter until human, you or someone else, cooperates with that strategy. And so there's, there's an assignment on your life. There's an assignment to, to, uh, to rob you, to kill you, to destroy what's going on. But nothing of, nothing of that is activated in your life until one of us cooperate with it. Now, it could be you. You can make a bad decision and allow these things into your life. Or maybe it's someone else that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that allows themselves to be used uh, by the enemy and bring something, bring, bring strife, bring division, whatever it is, into your life. But nothing happens until someone or something cooperates with it. And so the same is said for the kingdom of heaven. There's a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. But until we cooperate with the king and his ways, we can't be beneficiaries of the blessing of God. So it's not until we, it's not until we cooperate with the king and his ways that we begin to get access to the kingdom and the blessings of God. So First, Chron First Chronicles 16.9 says this, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those who hearts, whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking for relationship. Relationship gives us access. And so every house has a culture. Like I said, every house has a culture. And so uh, um, if, if you don't like the culture of your home, you could change it. The word says, the, the, the scripture that I just read, read to you says that God will strengthen you and, 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 and give you the power to change the culture in your home. And so if you don't like the culture of your home, you can change it. The scripture says it. And so if I want peace in my home, 
then I have access to Jehovah Shalom, which is my peace, the Prince of Peace. If I, if I have lack in my home, I have access to El Shaddai, that is my supplier. If I, if I, if I need provision in my home, I have access to Jehovah Jireh, my provider. If I need healing in my home, I have access to Jehovah Rapha, which is my healer. You have access. Relationship gives us access. You have power to change the things that are going on in your life. So now let me tell you something about your home. Your home, man and woman of God. You have authority in your home. You are the authority in your home. In your home. And so it's not Pastor Omar. It's not your connect group leader. It's not your youth leader. It's you. You have responsibility for what's going on in your home. Man of God, woman of God. You're the authority. I think about this. I shared, uh, my, my daughter shared her testimony a couple of weeks ago. And I realized that, uh, I, I realized that as the man of the house, as the, as, as the spiritual leader, the spiritual authority in my house, I had allowed something to come into my house that wasn't supposed to be there. And so as the watchman of my home, I was asleep at the will. Come on now. And so what I realized is that I allowed this subculture to now get into my home. Right, right, beneath, right, right underneath my nose, so to speak. I allowed these things to creep into my home. Yes, I was the authority. Yes, I had this culture. I had this kingdom culture, so I thought prayer and, and honoring God and everything that we did, but I allowed this subculture to creep into my home and start to, and start to bring chaos and disorder into my home. I'm wondering, for every leader in this house, every leader of your home, what are you allowing in your home? What kind of subculture are you allowing in your home, man of God, woman of God? See, what happens is we allow these things to come into our homes and it creates, it creates chaos. And then, and then what happens? We call the pastor. Pastor, I don't know what's going on. They lost their mind. You call your connect group leader. I don't know what happened. They've lost their mind. Come and pray for us. I, he I heard one man say this. This was great. He said that we can't pray out what you let in. What are you letting in your home? What are you letting in your marriage? What are you letting in your relationships? And so we access whatever we cooperate with. We access whatever we cooperate with. So what are you cooperating with today? In your life, in your home. I said that you have the authority in your home. And so listen, the enemy operates in this way. We've seen, it in, we, we've seen it in the Garden of Eve. The enemy in himself has no authority. All, all the enemy does is he usurps authority or he takes authority from someone else and then he uses it or, pu or puts a facade that he actually has some authority. And so what I mean by that is you have authority, but all of a sudden uh, you've now relinquished your authority, your right place in your home. You've now relinquished that and given that off to someone else. And the enemy has come through and is wreaking havoc on your life and in your life. Many of us have, we've fallen asleep at the will. We've abandoned our post and we've given up our authority. 
We've allowed someone else to do it. We've allowed the culture to raise our children. We've allowed, uh, we, we, we're just, we're just kind of going through the motions. And God wants us to understand that we have to take back our authority in our own homes. This is what the enemy does to us. Listen, the enemy will always, will always use seduction. The enemy will always use seduction to, to get you off course. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like uh, he'll make you feel like you're missing out on something, right? Oh, you're going to church again. Why are you going to church? Why do you have to listen to your connect group leader? What, what, why do you got to listen to them? Why do you got to submit to them? They just want to control your life. They just want to tell you what to do. And it's this seduction, it's this lie, it's this manipulation that you're actually missing out on something and we're falling for it. And so listen, so many have been called into the kingdom, but not everyone knows how to access the kingdom. I, I want to give you this, this last thought. And uh, uh, we're, we're going to take a little bit of time here, but, uh, but, but I believe that one of, the, one of the greatest keys in accessing the power of God and, and, and unlocking this abundant life here on earth is, is this, this key of honor. Say honor. 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 And so everything has an order. Everything in life, your job, there's a certain order. There's certain honor. There's the boss. The boss tells you what to do, and you do that. Yes, sir. Right? So everything has an order, and honor, what I'm telling you, honor is a key to unlock the abundant life in each and every one of us. And God really wants to move in our lives, but we lack honor a lot of times in our life. I want to share something with you uh, very, very powerful in Mark 6. Many of us know many of us know this scripture, but it says that uh, it says that Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. And the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogues, and many who heard him were amazed. So he's back in his hometown, he's teaching, and many are amazed. They asked, "Where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles?" Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is, is honored everywhere except in his ho own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles. I'll say that one more time. Because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles. Not that he didn't want to do any miracles. He was unable to do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And so they went from being astonished to offended by him. And the reason that happened is that the spirit of honor had left that house. And so listen, when familiarity sets into our lives... I've talked about this. I really feel like this is a conviction in, in my own personal life. When familiarity starts to set into our lives, uh, it starts messing up a lot of things. Uh, I'll tell you first and foremost, those of you that are married, when you start to become familiar with your, with your spouse and start to take them for granted, and, uh, and, and no longer is it the, the sparkle in the eyes anymore, no longer is it opening the door, no longer is it uh, caring for each other or, or doing these things, the moment that starts to happen, that relationship begins to deteriorate. 
We have to fight against familiarity. And so when familiarity sets in or lack of honor sets in, we no longer have access to that greatest relationship. Really, it's the abundance that God is talking about in this life and accessing your, your spouse, the one that God has given you, your life partner. And, and, and honor has been, has been uh, taken out of your relationship, and now you're just going through the motions. When familiarity sets in, it, it, it's a block, it's, a, it's an obstacle to access the abundant life. Familiarity can set in with your relationships, again, with your, with your wife, even your children, and th- those that you've built relationships. I think, about, I think about even this church, when we walk into this place, and uh, we have uh, we have guests. I'm I'm so I'm so honored. I'm so uh, really proud of our pastor by uh, by allowing these different evangelists and those that come in and minister here. And I'm I'm fortunate. I get an opportunity to talk to some of these men and women of God, and and they tell me about when they walk in here how they feel the presence of God is so powerful. And they, they say that the, when they walk in here they're almost rocked. They're not used to walking into an atmosphere like this. And I, I, I question maybe some of you that walk into this place late, or maybe you walk into this place and don't really feel anything. Maybe we walk into this place and we're just, we're just waiting for time to pass. We're waiting for Omar to get done so we could get to the rest of this. Or maybe you're checked out and thinking about, uh, thinking about doubles 30% off. You walk, into this, you, you walk into this church and listen, I'm being funny, but you walk into this church and when I look around, I, I look around, I, I was looking at, uh, at the altar here uh, during worship, and there, was, uh, there were some brothers uh, locked arm in arm, and, uh, uh, and I, I saw that, and I said, man, that's brotherhood. I, 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 saw, I, saw, I saw people that valued, valued what God was doing here. I look around, and I see, uh, I, I've, I've met so many people relatively new to this church, and, and I hear about the stories of what God is doing in their lives. I, th- those that are part of my connect group, I hear about what God is doing in their life, and it's supernatural. It's supernatural what God is doing here in our midst, but oftentimes we could step into this place and become so familiar with it. Oh, there's Danielle again. Oh, here's Pastor Isaac again. Hurry it up. He's always long. God's got a message for you. And we, and we miss it. We miss it. And so when familiarity, when you walk into this place and you're familiar with it, you can no longer access the supernatural blessing of God. God wants to... God wants to use you. God wants to restore you. God wants to work things out in your life. And you miss it. You miss it by walking in here in familiarity. Pastor Omar, up, up there on Sunday, oh, here he goes again, cracking jokes. Yeah, hurry up, right? Let's get through it. We begin to, tre- we begin to treat our pastors familiar. We, we begin to devalue or dishonor the leadership in this house. I, I, learned, I, I learned this um, from one of our dear brothers, uh, uh, Pastor Andre Diaz, and I was just talking to him uh, la, uh, earlier this week. But I, I, I remember him sharing this thought with me, and I, I want to share this with you. And uh, I, I, I want to tell you that blessing and anointing flow from the top. How many disciples are in this house? Okay, we got a handful of disciples in this house. 
I want to tell you this, that blessing does not come from your own giftedness. Anointing doesn't come from your own giftedness. Anointing comes from the top down. And so, uh, and so I, I've realized in my life, I realized that there's a blessing in staying close to the man of God. There's blessing, there's blessing in surrendering and submitting to the man of God. I've seen that in my own life. I'm speaking from experience. I'm not speaking from something I, I, I read. I'm telling you, I've seen this in my life. Funny story. Funny story. I was driving. I was on a work trip. Me and my wife, we were driving, uh, driving down the 15 freeway, and I was speeding. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to confess today. I was speeding. And I was going like, I don't know, probably 90 on the highway. It's about 70 miles an hour was the speed limit. I was going about 90. Now, I was talking to my pastor at that time. And I don't, know if I, was, I don't know if I was caught up in the heavenlies with revelation or what it was, but I was going 90 miles per hour. And I, uh, I, got, pulled over by the, I got pulled over by the CHP. Uh, they pulled me over, and uh, I told Pastor Omar while I was talking to him, I said, Pastor, I'm getting pulled over right now. Uh, hang on real quick. And so I put him on, I put him on mute, and, and the cop comes, and he, he tells me, you know, hey, you, you got, you know, I clocked you like 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. What are you doing? And I, I you know, I, I honored the man. I honored the position, and I said, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't realize how fast I was going. I apologize. Now, he let me off with a warning. Now, I got back on the, on, on the phone with Pastor Omar. I said, I, I, it's the blessing of God. It's my proximity to the, to the anointing that got me off of the hook. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm playing just a little bit, but this, is, but this is the reality that blessing flows from the top. And so uh, I, I, want you, I want you to understand this. It says, uh, the Bible says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Another version says in harmony, talking about a symphony and everyone coming together in unity, having this harmonious sound before God. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity in the house. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, and running down on the collar of his robe. So I, wa I want you to understand what, what's being said here. It says that it is like the precious oil on the top of the head, and the head symbolizes the top or the uppermost. So this anointing that's being poured out is being poured out upon the head. And it runs down on the beard of Aaron, which is the priest, down onto his robe, onto the body. So our pastors, as they stand in the position in which God has given them, as the under-shepherds of this church, the blessing flows from their heads down to the, to the beard of Aaron, down to the body, you and I. And as we honor our pastors, the blessing and the anointing will flow down on each and every one of us. The reference, the reference that, that, uh, that we're using here is out of Exodus 30.30. And it's the first time that Aaron is anointed. And it says this. It says that uh, pour the oil over Aaron. It was, a special, it was a special oil. Pour that oil over Aaron. Not only Aaron, but on his sons. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about really in this house, we're raising sons and not orphans. 
I, I, I stand here humbly before you guys in submission to my pastor as a son of this house. Many like you, sons and daughters of this house. And the blessing and the anointing that flows from the spiritual father, from the head, from the authority in this house, flows down on, on us. Relationship gives us access to the anointing. Relationship gives us access to the anointing. In this relationship, as we're dwelling together in unity and in harmony, like the Bible says, one of the things that, one of the things that build that relationship is trust. I trust you, you trust me. That creates intimacy, that creates a relationship. My pastor, I trust my pastor. I have entrusted my life to my pastor. I've entrusted my life to leaders throughout my walk with God. I've allowed them to, to speak into my life. I've allowed them to give me counsel. I've allowed them to give me direction. And I've trusted in those things. And I've realized that as I've done that, as, I, as I've submitted, as I've surrendered to that, I've experienced a life that I only thought was imaginable or what, what was never achievable for me. It was beyond my imagination. I never thought that I would have a loving wife, a loving family. I never thought that I would have a career. These are all blessings, byproducts, byproducts of the blessing of God on my life. It wasn't nothing of myself. It's not my own giftedness. It's not my own talent. It's the blessing of God on my life. And so kingdom culture is based on the system of honor. And so uh, the Ten Commandments, it's all based on honor. The first four commandments are honoring God, and the next six are honoring one another. Right? So we honor God. Uh, no idols, right? All, all, all these different things. We honor God first, and then likewise, we honor each other. So in this current culture, in this current climate that we're in, uh, we've taken a lot, of, a lot of liberties in dishonoring people, places, and things. In social media, it, it's just crazy now, the dishonor that, that's going on around everything. And so we've taken liberties in dishonoring people, places, and things, and in turn, we think that we're going to access great power from the kingdom of God. God doesn't work amidst dishonor, and it's just not the way of the kingdom. The last thing I want to I want to share with you. I want to share this with you. I want to share that something that I learned uh, a long time ago. And uh, the the scripture is Luke two fifty two. It says this. It says that and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. And so it says that Jesus increased in stature, uh, in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God. And men. Now, why is that interesting? I, 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 I believe that it's interesting because this is another key to the kingdom is that we need to grow in favor, not only with God, but with our fellow brothers. We need to grow in favor with each other. And relationship gives us access. Last scripture, I'm going to ask the worship team if they, if they would come, come, come up here. I'm going to wrap this thing up. But this last scripture I want to share with you, I want to, I want to show you why we need to honor each other. Matthew 13, 44 says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. 
So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. This is the pearl of great prize in which, uh, in which we're, we're talking about. And what, what, what this man did was he, he saw something that was of value, the pearl. And when he, when he saw this pearl, he was overjoyed. He realized that he's found a secret, really a secret to the kingdom, a secret. Something that, that was of great value, was of such value that he sold everything that he had and he bought in. Say that with me. Say he bought in. He bought in. Everything. He, 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 he sold everything that he had. All of his possessions. He auctioned it all off to buy this field. Now, how many of you know that when he bought that field, uh, when, when he bought that lot, that piece of land, he bought everything that came with that, that field? And so what I'm saying is that he bought, he bought all the dirt. He bought all the junk, all the rusted equipment, all, all that kind of stuff for that one pearl. This is like, this is like us in our relationships with each other, with, in our relationships with one another, our brothers and our sisters. I told you, I need you. And we're talking about coming back with others. I need you. You need me. I believe that there's value in each and every one of you. That we come together and we make the body of Christ. That we strengthen one another. That we, we encourage one another. And so what, what I'm saying here is that if we devalue each other, if we, if, we, if, if we don't see value in each other, we may miss. We may miss the very thing that God has put in our life to bless our life. Oftentimes, God gives us things and packages that we don't necessarily like. He'll send something to you. He'll send someone to you. He'll send someone in your life that's there to mold and shape you and, and build character in you. And then you disregard that or, or you say, I, I'm not, I, I can't receive that from this person because I don't like the way they look. Maybe you don't like my shirt tonight. And so I'm here, I'm here delivering a message to you and you just can't get it. Thank you. We must be willing to take all the junk and the dirt that comes with it to access the pearl of great price. Honor is not earned, it's given. And honor has nothing to do with someone else. It has everything to, everything to do with you. If you're a dishonorable person, God, God can't work in that. It said that, that Jesus was unable to do miracles because of the spirit of dishonor. And I believe that God is calling us, Praise Chapel Paramount, to be a people of honor, to perpetuate a culture of honor. And, and honor, obviously, first and foremost, to Christ and to the Holy Spirit. It's what I appreciate so much about, about Diga in, in, his, in his services, is he understands honor. He understands order. He calls out people when they're being disor disorderly. Why is that? Because he wants to see the miracle of God. And I'm, I believe that I'm here tonight to call out maybe some dishonor that's in our lives. Maybe we've not, we're not valuing each other the way that we should be. Maybe we're not valuing our brothers and our sisters the way that we should be. And we're trying to figure out why is the power of God not being released in our life? Why am I still struggling with these things? I'm here to tell you that maybe you lack honor in your life. The last thing I want to say tonight is, is this, is that uh, honor, honor has a reward. And, and the Bible says in Matthew 10, 
40 and 42, it says that anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me, the Father who sent me, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you even give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Honor has a reward. I remember Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Jamie Centeno came and he, he talked about this and he said that this is a life hack. That you don't even have to be prophetic, but if you honor the prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. You, what you honor, what you honor releases the reward in your life. And I just want us to be a people that have honor. I want, to be, I want us to be a people that, that honor each other, that honor God first and foremost. I want us to be a people that honor our families, our, 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 our spouses. I want to be a people that honor our brothers and our sisters, our leadership, our pastors. I'm talking about giving us access to the kingdom and the power of God, this abundant life. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.